Welcome to the short-term show from Blue Ridge, Georgia. We will cover everything you need to know, including buying, holding, managing from a distance, raising rents, renovating, and how to rent it when you are not using your very own vacation home in the North Georgia mountains. For more information on current purchase prices and income data, please visit theshorttermshop.com. Welcome to the Short Term Show special episodes from Blue Ridge. Here we are. We are in Blue Ridge with the Short Term Show. And today we are talking about financing. We've got uh, Yak, who's, uh, of course, a familiar face. He does sell houses in this market and he's a rock star. And uh, we got Max, who's uh, got his own brokerage and does uh, does financing, does loans and mortgages, et cetera. So, um, Max, welcome, welcome aboard. Good to have you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, uh, I do want to start out by talking to something that's outside, you know, slightly outside of your wheelhouse, and you might know about it anyway. But all three of us will just kind of banter on the topic of creative financing. We'll get that out of the way. To me, this is not really something I'm all that interested in, quite frankly. I like to go get a loan the old-fashioned way, but it is pretty popular, um, or at least uh, at least on TikTok anyway. So I guess let's cover that. Um, are you guys seeing anybody do... Well, right now, Sub 2 is the big popular one. Are you seeing anybody do Subject 2? Are you seeing anybody get uh, successfully doing uh, seller financing, any kind of creative stuff going on in your market at all? I'll, I can say honestly, no, um, because a lot of times on these creative financing deals, you know, the purchaser is kind of basing their numbers off an interest rate that's probably in the sixes. And when the, when the seller actually has it in the eights, let's just say they bought a year ago and, you know, an investment loan or something like that, and they're in the low eights, a lot of times for them, the numbers just don't work out. Um, I've shot a few deals across the bow to some of my clients, but um, I haven't seen it work out. And to be honest with you, I haven't seen it, uh, just hasn't made sense, uh, you know, in a lot of these cases. If somebody is, especially for somebody that just recently purchased the property and their their mortgage rate is, you know, high sevens, low eights. It just doesn't work for the purchaser. Max, logistically, how does that work? Let's say I've got a mortgage, a 30-year note that I got four years ago at 3%. Can somebody assume that loan? Yes and no. So it depends on the kind of mortgage. It depends on the type of mortgage. So typically, the only mortgages that are assumable are going to be FHA and VA, which are not going to be kind of what we're talking about here today because those are strictly for primary residents. You cannot do a second home as an FHA loan. VA loan is a second home. Um, that being said, some jumbo is assumable. Uh, it, it's not unheard of to have a jumbo loan that is assumable, meaning a loan over, it depends when they took the loan out because that changes every year. Matter of fact, the new loan limits came out today. But you know, generally speaking, if you're talking about a million dollar loan, some of those may be assumable. Right. Uh, have you seen anybody do subject to? I haven't no. seen subject to. You know, we, we hear about DSCR a lot. And I know DSCR, DSCR gets done a lot. My, you know, my comment to people is that I, I call that kind of like the the nuclear last option. Uh, any client we talk to, we always try to see if we can skin the cat, get them in conventional, uh, just being creative, anything we can do to get them in conventional. And then if we can't, then we're going to flip them to like a DSCR. So you do offer DSCR or your company does not? We do. Okay. 
Um, but uh, you would prefer to not go that direction. It, you get way better rates, terms, everything going conventional. So I always try, just to be very candid, I've never actually closed the DSCR because 99 times out of 100, if I get a client, we are typically able to find a way to get them into a conventional. I had a matter of fact, a, a client of Yox not, not too, too long ago. It was sometime in 2023. Another lender told them they had to go DSCR. We got them closed conventional. Rates were, I think, a point, two points lower, no prepayment penalties. So much, much better financing. Okay. So just, just be, again, I'm th- let me throw this out there. Not a professional of any kind here in the finance world, but for some folks, DSCR is a wonderful product. Correct. Um, and if they, like if they have a if you have a 1099 situation or a day job W two situation, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, Max, it's uh, not necessarily in your wheelhouse. You can offer it, but uh, don't don't really do that on a daily basis. Correct. So. Where where I feel like DS to your point, DSR is a great loan for a, a, a group of people like professional investors. If they've got 10, 12, 14 second homes, investment properties, absolutely, 100 percent You know, when when I get the call 99 times out of 100, it's somebody buying their first home, second home. And so we try to see, you know, if we can if we can get it done kind of conventional. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think was there a period of time again, you're not closing really any DSCR, but when the rates started going nuts, wasn't there was there a small period of time where the DSCR had a better rate than the conventional? Never that I saw, but to your point, I wasn't checking it daily. Right. I, I've okay. only seen DSCR. Um, Yak would probably be able to answer that better than I would because I know he's got clients that have closed DSCR, and so that he may have a better answer to that. Well, it was very few, to be honest with you. Probably two or three in the past two or three years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, nine times out of ten, like I said, um, once people see the rates and all the fees and everything associated with them, you know, we're flipping them over to conventional. Now, also think that's a byproduct. You know, the the amount of DSCR loans we're using here in Blue Ridge is a byproduct of who these buyers are. Um, you know, a lot of these mega investors that have you know 10, 20 houses in their portfolio, they're buying. You know, they're buying in 30A and they're buying in the Smokies. Mm. You know, uh, I, I think, the you know, a lot of the clients, you know, our short term shop, you know, brethren that are coming, you know, from other markets, they may only have one or two properties. And it's, uh, you know, conventional tends to be the best product for them. Mm. I know I'm going to step in and say I know DSCR is important and valid. So I've actually signed up with the largest DSCR lender in the country and they go right off uh, appraisal rent schedules and they use air, uh, is it air DNA data mm-hmm. yeah. uh, versus long-term rental data, which is the problem you run into with a, a Fannie Mae appraisal, so to speak. So, um, you know, we, we just have it available because I know it's going to be needed um, at some point. Yeah. Okay. Well, Max, go ahead and give me your just, uh, you know, kind of general overview of your bread and butter, which I would assume is going to be a 30-year fixed conventional mortgage. Uh, what is that and why yeah. do I want it? So so most of what we do is going to be, to your point, 30-year fixed, uh, you know, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, uh, VA, FHA, second homes, investment properties, primary residences. Um, anything over five units is going to be considered commercial. So that's not, that's not where we are either. Uh, I love a 30 year fixed. It's, um, it's tried and true. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, every now and then somebody wants to talk 15, 20 year fixed, the arms adjustable rate mortgages don't really price great right now. Uh, and they haven't for a while. So I, I I mean, I can't even remember the last time we all, you know, we, we sold an arm. So I would say most of America right now is fitting into that bucket. Right. I call them the golden ticket, right? Each, each, uh, each individual gets 10 conventional loans. 
And of course there is a little bit of red tape getting over eight of them, but, um, but you know, to me, it's like, first of all, you can't get a 30 year fix anywhere else. This is one of the best things about America. You know, you go to, you go to Australia and tell them you want a 30 year fixed mortgage and they're going to be like, are you crazy? What is that? That doesn't exist. You know, I got a a great story to that point. I was, uh, I flew up to Montreal, did a 24, a 48 hour boomerang to see my grandmother because she wasn't doing well. And I was on a train trying to get to Ottawa and I was, the train was relatively empty. And I, the guy, we were both laptops, phones, and the guy literally on the other side of the train to me was talking about debt to income and underwriting. And I was like, are you a lender? He's like, I'm a broker here in Canada. I'm like, oh, interesting. So, so we, we started chatting. Their loans are two to five years tops. That is it. You have to reset your mortgage every two to five years. Hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. And and again, you know, that's we'll, we'll talk about commercial loans here in the States because that's fairly sounds like a, kind of like a commercial loan here. But, you know, in, in the U.S., man, one of the greatest things about this country is we've got a 30 year your fixed mortgage and uh you can get cash flow off of that if you can't cash flow with a 30-year fix don't don't do it you know i mean so it's just you know take advantage of them they're amazing uh right now obviously rates are not uh as as amazing as they used to be and max uh, talk to me about that where where are we going with these rates and again at the recording of this which is um Right between 23 and 24. Yeah. So that's funny. Yes. I was actually making some sales calls uh, prior to this, letting agents know, hey, you know, might be time to start reaching out to people on the sidelines because rates have trended back down the last couple of weeks. If you remember about a month, month and a half ago, we were at brokers, like people that are priced cheap were at 8%. Banks are at eight and a quarter, eight and a half. We're in the high sixes and it's coming down. And then we're talking oh, wow. primary, Wait a minute. primary residents. Again, this is so timely. Like, you know, somebody listening to this in six months, none, possibly none of this part of the conversation is going to make any sense. But you're saying that right now you can get me a conventional loan at, in the high sixes. I, and if you want to pay a point, uh, you, I can get you one in the mid to low sixes. Um, and I sent Yach actually some some pricing yesterday from one of our the second homes and investor properties. They're they're the pack leader. Uh, and there, if, if you're putting, if you've got a sizable down payment, which a lot of these folks do that are, that are buying right now on investment second homes, we can do high sixes on those as well. Mm. Is that going to make purchase prices, uh, start creeping back up again? Well, and that was kind of the point of my sales calls this morning. What I was telling agents was, Hey, if you've got a listing that pulled, uh, because they couldn't find a house they wanted to buy, or you have somebody that's talking about potentially listing, I think it's a great time to reach out to them, beat the spring market, beat, you know, in Georgia here. Uh, March, April, things really, really get crazy and competitive, maybe get ahead of that curve and say, hey, it, you might want to start thinking about listing early, especially if you're trying to buy because rates are coming back to like a what I'm going to call a very, very reasonable spot. If you Google the 30-year fix, I tell everybody this, over 50, 60 years, there's two outliers, the free money at, at 2.5% and the, and the Jimmy Carter money at 18%. Outside of that, rates always trended between 6 and 11%. With clients paying one to two points to get those. So if you can get a 30-year fix at six and a half with no points, 6.99 with no points, take it. Don't be greedy. Go get that money. I'm happy with 699. We got people were getting greedy with these two and three percent. It was it was fake. You know, I mean, and then I, and I look back at my my you know, my spreadsheets, and I've got loans from prior to that craziness that are sixes and sevens. And I, I never bothered to refinance them. I didn't even want to waste my time. They were 30-year fixed, and I just it's a lot of red tape to go back through that again. So I kept my 6% interest rate. So, um, you know, it's an interesting conversation that again is no, not, not even close to evergreen with, 
And I think that that's the biggest problem right now is that these rates have changed so dramatically in such short periods of time. And that's just kind of a, kind of where we're at right now. But anyway, let me, let me talk to you about, uh, you're a brokerage. Yes. Yes. Correct. Yep. All right. Can you explain to me like I'm four years old, what a brokerage yeah. is? That's a great question. So we are not beholden to a bank. Like my best friend, he works at Ameris. He has to sell Ameris products. Ameris could be priced great at 10 in the morning. They could be priced completely out of the market by 2 p.m. So we work with a bunch of different banks. Uh, banks you've heard of, Rocket Mortgage, United Wholesale, Ameris, um, and banks you haven't uh, maybe heard of, smaller banks like Kind Lending, for example. Uh, and actually, they're getting pretty big too. But we we're, we act as an inter- intermediary between the customer and the bank to try to find them the best rates and terms based on the time. Because rates change sometimes three, four times a day. And to my point, just because a, a bank is priced great at, at, at 10 a.m., they may be out of the market by 2 or 3 p.m. So our job is to go find the right bank at the right time to get them the best possible deal. And the biggest question I get, I, I like to use Rocket as an example. Hey, Max, if you're brokering the, the mortgage to Rocket, why wouldn't I just go to Rocket anyway, cut out the middleman? Actually, you know what? I'll use Ameris since my buddy works there. If you're brokering it to Ameris anyway, why wouldn't I just go to Ameris? Cut out the middleman fee. There is no middleman fee. It's counterintuitive. But as brokers, we actually get lower interest rates than they give their own employees. They're not paying for my health insurance. They're not paying for my marketing. They're not paying for my office space. They're not paying for my assistant. So when I send them a loan, it's profit it's profit. I mean, it's just money in the bank for them. So my buddy at Ameris, I call him every now and then, and we are typically an eighth to a quarter percent lower on our Ameris rate sheet than he is on his Ameris rate sheet. Now, the consumer, is it costing me extra to use a broker than than, than to go direct? No, that's the point. We're actually cheaper because the banks give us, there is no middleman fee. I'm not charging a fee on top of what Ameris is charging. Ameris actually gives me better rates then they give their own employees because again, they're not paying for anything. They don't pay. The only time they pay me is if I sell a product. My buddy who works in Maris, they're paying his health insurance. They're paying for his office space. They're paying for his computers. For me, I'm a man on an island. If I sell something, it's pure profit for them. So I actually get better rates. Same thing with Rocket. Rocket gives me better rates than they give their own in-house employees. Are you actually doing loans with Rocket? Does that happen or not really? No, I I prefer United Wholesale. Um, uh, We used to broker to Rocket. If I did broker to Rocket, it was was typically refinances versus purchases uh, when I was comfortable with that. Um, but I like to use them as an example just because everybody knows Rock. They do a lot of TV advertising. Right. Yeah. It's a household name. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but I, from what I understand, they're kind of a pain to work with because it's a large, you know, call center type of an environment. But uh, Correct. That is so refinance, more comfortable. When I was brokering to them, I, I would send them a refinance every now and then. The purchase business was a little tougher just because we, we want a guaranteed outcome. If I tell you they're closing on December 20th, they've got to close on December 20th. I can't call an 800 number and wait on hold to figure out if they're going to close or not. Right, right, right. Well, you mentioned refinance. Uh, you think that those are going to start coming back in style when these rates go down? Or I do, I do. So I actually had a Zoom call earlier today with a team and the conversation I had was just about that. Rates are trending down right now, which I don't think most people expected. Most people, so the guy on the train from Montreal, that was a, he, he was actually in Montreal for a big banking meeting. A bunch of CEOs of big banks were there. Matter of fact, one of the CEOs of the bank was in, in front of us. And they were all saying, hey, third quarter, fourth quarter, we expect expect Fed rate cuts. Now, Fed rate cuts don't equal mortgage rate cuts, but they're expecting them third quarter, fourth quarter next year. And they think rates might drop back down into the fives. That's what they're guessing, right? We're all guessing. We're starting to see the drops now. 
So this morning, for example, I read an article, I don't remember what, what site it was, but they were talking about, hey, we might start seeing cuts to, to mortgage rates here, you know, in January, February, first quarter, it might not be third or fourth quarter. So it's, it's hard. We're all guessing. It's hard to say. But right now, they're they're certainly trending in the right direction. Yeah, I'm surprised. I was, I'm one of these guys, I thought, and again, we're way off topic here, Yach, so feel free to tell us to get going where we're supposed to go. But um, I, I'm one of these guys, I thought it was here to stay. I really did. You know, I mean, there was such a crazy uh, burst of just, it was insane for about 24 months. Yep. And uh, and and I really think that what's going on right now is probably as healthy as it. it, it in other words, it could be even though real estate sales are in the gutter and uh, compared to last year. I mean, they're really kind of a little bit more normal right now. And um, I think that what's going on again. I, I don't want to. We're starting to get into the news and politics, but um, to me, Not it now. could be it could be a whole a whole lot worse. Uh, Agree. Yeah. Luke, one thing I did want to touch on here to kind of take it in a different direction is kind of what the uniqueness of buying in Georgia. And because there's a lot of times I speak with lenders from out of state and ask them simple things like, you know, hey, so let's just say I have a buyer come to me and I'll tell them, hey, talk to your lender, ask them how many days of financing and appraisal contingency you need. And a lot of times these out of state lenders, they don't understand that. They don't know what mm -hmm. that means. And they'll say, well, we need about this. You know, I, I don't need about, you know, because in Georgia, you have to put a hard fixed number on a contract. And a lot of times when you have five, 10, 20, 25, even $50,000 worth of earnest money on the table, you have to be very precise. And if you're not working with a lender, you know, who is intimately familiar with Georgia, uh, with Georgia contracts and how they work, you can get yourself in hot water. And I understand that, you know, the the credit union down the road from you in Paducah, Kentucky, you know, can give you a, a loan, you know, an eighth of a point better than whoever here locally. But if they can't get it done for you in a timely manner and they miss a date on that contract by 24 hours, you could cost yourself tens of thousands of dollars, not to mention the time and effort, and you're still not owning anything. So for me, I, I tell everybody, you know, and that's why I wanted Max to be into this conversation is these Georgia con contracts are different than a lot of states. They're similar to North Carolina. They're not very close to Tennessee and, and Florida. And we have to work with a with a precision. And also, I feel like in Tennessee and Florida, a lot of times the sellers and everybody involved are, are kind of a little loosey goose, you know, meaning, hey, yeah, we're going to close on you know, October 5th and everybody, ah, man, we didn't make it. Let's just close on the 7th. I can tell you here in Georgia, there's a lot of sellers that will cut your head off if you miss that day by 24 hours or by 24 minutes. Okay. So working with somebody local, in my opinion, is absolutely critical. Max nine times out of 10 is going to give you a rate that's going to be competitive to anybody. And I'll say that with just about anybody local. I'm not trying to pimp Max here by any stretch, but the... <laughs> The reality is, is, you know, working, working local, if, if I'm buying something in Sevierville, I want to work with somebody, you know, that, that, that knows exactly what's going on, that understands those contracts, that has chewed through hundreds of those contracts, if not thousands of them, like Max has. And we just have some nuances to the way our financing contingencies are designed that, you know, working with, a, with, with somebody who has done it a lot in this state has a ton and ton of, tons of value. Max, can you can you speak to that? Tell me uh, what what am I you know what what are some 
Georgia specific things? Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's a great point, Yach. And, and it's it's even with the market change this calendar year, it's still that. I would say 99% of our closings this year were in uh, 21 days or less. And I mean, just last month, we had, uh, I think, one or two eight-day closings, which you know takes a little time off off my lifespan, but uh, but we can get it done if need be. Uh, a little stressful, but we'll we'll get it there. In Georgia, you've got the due diligence, the finance, and the appraisal. The due diligence is your get out of jail free. You you can terminate the contract for any reason or no reason at all. Uh, and those are typically zero to three or four days here. Most finance and appraisal contingencies are are somewhere between zero and seven days, which means you've got to get the appraisal in and you've got to get the loan approved by underwriting within that time frame. And then again, most of our closings are 16 to 21 days. So it's it's fast here in Georgia. Now that, you know, if, if it becomes more uh, buyer centric, is uh, it slowly leaning? Uh, those timeframes will loosen up a little bit, but it's still going to be quick, especially, you know, to your point, compared to places like Florida and Tennessee. Wait a minute, and- wait a minute. 16 day closing. Can you uh, explain that further? In other words, the due, once the due diligence is done, you only have 16 more days on. Uh, no, 16 no. from binding contract. Binding contract. Yeah. I had two last month that were eight day closing. So we got a contract on like a Monday and we closed it the following Tuesday. Why? That's it's normal. What, uh, no, eight, eight days is not normal. Uh, 16 to 21 is. 21 is very, very normal. Was it normal when uh, we were in the peak of things and couldn't find an appraiser? Uh, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was doing, yeah, 100%. Yeah, because it was super competitive. It was worse. You you had 10 people buying the same house. So everybody's go. the, the sellers are like, who's giving me the highest sales price and who's going to guarantee the appraisal and financing the fastest. That's what we're looking at. So it was worse when it was busy. It was absolutely worse. We would order appraisals on the, we would order an appraisal on a Thursday and need it back by Monday. I'm confused. Why is that? Every other state I've ever dealt with is a 30 day, just kind of a general, you know, rule of thumb. Uh, Yach may be able to answer that better than me. I think it's just lack of, uh, George is a growing state. Lack of patience, lack of of inventory. (laughs) Our sellers are very shrewd. You know, our sellers are very shrewd. All the agents here are sharks. And, you know, they're, I can't tell you how many times I probably lost, I mean, probably 10 to $20 million worth of business in the past three years, simply because the buyers um, were using somebody out of state and they need 21 days financing and appraisal contingency. And they're going around the corner to a max or somebody like that. And he's giving them seven days. Mm. And for the sellers, they're saying to themselves, hey, this guy, I know he's going to be good for a loan in 21 days. He's got 21 day grace period. These other people have seven days. They're going to go, if the numbers are similar, they're going to go with the sure thing. They want to know who's going to have their loan ready and clear to close in seven days as opposed to 21. And that is such a huge deal and kind of a unique thing in Georgia is speed matters. And you've got to connect yourself with somebody who understands that and is able to get you through those contingencies um, and will hound you for the information. That's one thing I like about Max's team. He's got a couple pit bulls that works for him and they will call you at two o'clock in the morning and leave you nasty messages saying, hey, dude, you want to close this thing. I need your XYZ documents. You know, a lot of a lot of these lenders just sit on their hands and say, uh, Yach, um, Carl hasn't uploaded his docs to the portal. And I'm like, well, have you reached out to him? Well, they have the link 
That doesn't work, man. That's not how yeah. Max works. Max sits the six the dogs out on him. You guys and he's getting me their up. paperwork because he he can only work as quickly as the clients give him the information. You get me so, fired up. I'm ready. Let's close the deal. I love it. Um the messages aren't that nasty. Yeah. <laughs> hey Max, uh, let's say I'm a I'm new and I'm scared and I want to yep. shop around. Yep. Can I pull credit with you and pull credit with somebody else and uh, only one credit hit? And how does that work? Yeah, so that's a great question. So generally speaking, so so first and foremost, I've actually met with reps for the credit bureaus. They will not tell anybody exactly how credit works. They will not. It's it's secret, double secret probation. And the reason for that is they don't want us trying to rig the system. But generally speaking, the rule is within 30 to 60 days, you can have multiple hard pulls. And if you want to talk hard versus soft pulls, we can talk about that because that's an important topic too, uh, if we've got time for it. But you, you have time within 30 to 60 days to get multiple hard pulls and um, and shop around and, uh, and and it should not affect your credit scores. Generally speaking, pulling credit does not really affect your credit. What affects your credit is late payments, collections, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to ask you a personal question. If you find out that a client has pulled credit with somebody else, do you get annoyed? No, not at all. Not, I, I tell everybody, if you shop 10 reputable local lenders, we're always going to price in the top one or two. I get that you want to shop. Um, it, it's the reality of it is it's it's difficult to shop, especially on a purchase. Uh, it, to to Riach's point, you have 18 to 21 days to close. If if you call me today and say, I'm, I haven't even found a house, I'm just looking, I can send you numbers, but they're they're irrelevant. The numbers could be different in an hour. So the, the problem is I had a young lady that was shopping me. I think she was shopping me against a credit union. And it was, I'll never forget this. It was earlier this year. And it was like a, it was like a Wednesday afternoon. She said, she sent me and this other lender uh, thing. And, and one of our things is we're really responsive. We try to, to, even if it's the weekend, get back to people really, really quickly. And so she said, Hey, I'm under contract. Here it is. I need numbers. So I sent her numbers in like five minutes. Rates got worse. And I said, Hey, did you get the the quote from the, no, haven't, haven't even heard back from it. Next morning rolls around. So we've only been, it's been three, four business hours tops. That other lender still has not sent her deal uh, numbers. It's the next day. It was a $300,000 loan. By the time that lender responded to her and their rates were worse, we had lost almost $3,000 in, in fees. So her fees went up three grand in like four business hours by sitting on the sideline waiting for this other lender. So I tell everybody, when we get a contract, if you pre-approve with us, we lock you in. There's no cost, no obligation, because if rates go up, I want you protected. I'm a broker. If rates go down tomorrow, I'll just move you to another bank and start over. No harm, no foul. I think I'll be a little annoyed with that, um, but uh, uh, I get it. I get it. Um, what what was I going to say? Oh, um, let me talk about briefly with uh, conventional uh, co uh, commercial loans. Now, you do not have to get a 30-year fix, all right? Um, you don't have to get a 30-year fix. You can go to a local bank and get a... What, what some people call it a portfolio loan, a commercial loan. Um, usually that's going to be a five-year loan uh, amortized over 20 years, but there are mm, tons of variables there. Sometimes you can get 25 years. Sometimes uh, you don't want 25, maybe go 15. And that is just a local bank. It's more of a handshake situation. It's usually for folks that have been in the business a little longer, although I have seen folks that start start out with conventional or uh, commercial loans with the local bank. Um, so keep in mind that that's not what we're talking about today. That does exist. Uh, we don't really hear it all that often in here at the short-term shop. I use them. I use com uh, co commercial loans. Well, quite frankly, I ran out of conventional loans a really long time ago, but uh, it's a good problem to have. <laughs> and then uh, eventually, uh, maybe you stop trying to use loans altogether. But anyway, um, what uh, what did we miss here, guys? We got a couple of minutes. Um, 
what what did we miss this again specific to the state of Georgia and uh, and and the mountain North North Georgia mountains? I would just add, you know, work work with somebody local. Um, it, it it does matter. Um, again, having somebody familiar with Georgia contracts, which are different than you know other states, I, I totally understand and can respect if. Um, you are from Nevada and your neighbor is a lender and you think he's going to give you the best deal. I would say his deal that he's going to give you is probably not much better than anybody local. And he's going to have the problem of being able to find a local appraiser that's trusted, that knows how to price these properties. That's another deal. Um, so, you know, there's just so much differences from state to state that I highly recommend, you know, if no offense, Max, but if if I'm buying a cabin on th- in or excuse me a beach house on 38, I'm not going to use you, man. You know you're not you're not going to be my guy. I'm going to use somebody that's familiar with that, um, that does that all day every day. Right. And specifically with Georgia, use somebody local. Use somebody who's who's kind of lives lives it and breathes it every day because our contracts are a little bit different. The speed and velocity at which we move, I would say, is 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 totally different than every state in the southeast. So again, have somebody familiar with that. You, you will. Let me add this. You will lose deals Whatever. because you can't close quickly enough, because your financing contingencies are too are too long, because your appraisal contingencies is too long. You will lose deals, period, the end. All right. Let's back up. Max, thank you, Yak. Max, let's, uh, let's say I'm brand new. I've never bought a house ever, or maybe I bought a house that I live in. Um, quite frankly, this conversation that we all just had scares the crap out of me. Um, can you walk me through, uh, just on a, again, a very elementary level, what it looks like um, to buy my first investment property? What do you need from me? Um, yeah. Am I am I scared? You know, no, that kind of thing. No, absolutely. So we work with a lot of first-time buyers. You know, we're happy to walk first time through experienced buyers through the process. Honestly, I would tell everybody if, if I could to, to Yak's point, if it was a Florida loan and I couldn't do it, didn't want to do it, and you called me and said, Hey, what should I do? I would tell you, get pre-approved right away, get the hard credit pull right away. It gives you time to fix problems if there's problems versus calling us up at the 11th hour going, I found a house I love. What do I do? You know, so get pre-approved right away. The pre-approval is good for four plus months. It's a hard pull. If anybody offers a soft pull, run like hell, do not do it. Okay. So that's step one. That is a 15 minute process. That's jumping online, ballpark data. You know, it's super, super simple. And that allows us to get your pre-approval. It's really not a hard process. Most people are shocked about how quick and easy it is. For us, if you apply at 9 a.m., by 10 a.m., you've probably got a pre-approval sitting on your desktop waiting for you with your agent copied on it. So that's that's really the first step. And then we run numbers. Let's run numbers for you. Make sure we're looking at the right sales price houses, whether it's an investment property, second home, primary. Let's run those numbers, run the down payments, make sure you're comfortable with the pricing. And then from there, it's go find a house. It's really not that challenging and not that scary. We try to take it in little chunks so that you kind of eat as you go and you're and you're not getting crushed with data. Nope, oh, lost you. Sorry. Uh, man, all right. Uh, you guys wore me out, man. That's a, that's a whole lot of awesome in a short period of time. Uh, I guess I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, Max, how do we get a hold of you? Uh, easiest way is you can go to uh, www.maxcalos.com, M-A-X-K-A-L-L-O-S.com, or you can call me on myself, 404-277-5884. All right. And of course, Yak is here for all of your Blue Ridge uh, second home, vacation home, investment property needs through the the great, the world's greatest 
short-term shop. We're the best in the business. We would love to earn your business. The shorttermshop.com from Blue Ridge. It's the short-term show. <laughs>